Amen. Amen. I am so glad to be here with you guys this morning. Um, as uh, Randy just said, there is a, a special connection that I feel with this church. Um, our church has have seen you guys at, at our prayer meeting, and um, I've, I've spoken with your, your pastor, and I'll never forget, your pastor came and spoke um, while I was in Bible school. He spoke to, to our church, and I'll never forget that sermon. He, had, he was speaking about how the people of Israel were, um, they were circling around the mountain, and his challenge to us is he says, it's not time to circle anymore, it's time to move forward. And I'll never forget that challenge. And, and so um, I know that you guys are blessed. You have um, a wonderful pastor that, is, uh, that you guys serve under. And so um, praise God for that. And uh, thank you so much. Some of you have said uh, that um, you've been praying for our church as we're looking for a building in your prayer meeting. And uh, just to give you a little update, um, Chicago is a very difficult place to find buildings. But that's okay because God says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the buildings on a thousand blocks. So we're, we're believing that God is going to open up the door for us some here, uh, somewhere here soon. So um, very, very excited to be here with you this morning. I almost didn't, uh, they almost didn't let me in actually because um, I was uh, talking to some of the ushers and I was just curious. I said, are you guys Bears fans or are you Packers fans? I was a little confused because I know I'm in Wisconsin, but I looked at a map, and you guys are actually closer to Chicago. So, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say which way I am. I'm from Chicago, but, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But um, very excited to be here with you guys this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 5? And uh, before I get started there... Uh, my family, uh, they wanted to come with me, but my wife, she, uh, she runs the early childhood ministry at our church, and so uh, she was unable to get away. Um, uh, I have a little son. He is just over one year old, and he is, his name is Owen, and uh, he is already causing problems. And so um, uh, he's, he's, he's wonderful, and I wish you could be there, and if you find me after service, I'll show you a picture of him because he's pretty cute, thanks to his mother. So we're, um, we're really blessed. We have uh, one, one more child on the way. We got one in the oven, and so we are, uh, she is due in August. And so, um, uh, but uh, I apologize. Someday um, you guys will be able to meet them, I'm sure. So praise God. Let's, let's turn in the word here. If you have your Bibles, the passage that we're going to be looking at today is Mark chapter 5. Verse 24, starting in verse 24. And we're actually going to go to um, the next paragraph in that verse. There's an A and a B there. And so we're going to start with A. But before I read that, let me just give you a little background. Basically what was happening here is that um, Jesus was going around and he was doing all sorts of miracles. And his reputation preceded him. And so everywhere that he went, they would he, he would do a miracle and everyone would bring people to him and they would say, hey... Can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? I have this problem. Can you fix this problem? I need this to be done in my life. Can you do this? And so Jesus had all of these problems coming to him. And you know, this is what I love about Jesus. He's not afraid of any problems. Amen? Jesus is not afraid of any problems. And the Bible says that all those who were sick that were brought to him, he healed all of them. And, and I am just so grateful that, that today Jesus didn't change any of his tactics. 
He still wants to heal and He still wants to help us and fix our problems. Amen? And so, this, is the, this was the case. And, uh, and so, basically what happened was there was, a, there was a man named Jairus and he said, um, Jesus, my daughter is sick and she's about to die. Will you come and will you heal my daughter? And so, Jesus says, I'm, I'll, I'll go with you and I'll, and I'll see what, what the situation is. And so, that's where we pick up this this passage, and the Bible says this in verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She suffered, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told the whole, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed. From your suffering. Let's pray. Jesus, we just sang that you are our healer. That you're the great I am. And Lord Jesus, we believe that. And God, we're here today to meet with you, O oh God. Lord, we're not here to check off any list. We're not here to, to please anyone, O oh God. Lord, we're here to meet with you, Jesus. And I pray, O oh God, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, O oh God, would right now begin to open up our hearts and that Your Word, O God, would pierce bone and marrow and that You would go to the depths of who we are. And Lord, that You, O God, would visit us today. I pray that no problem would be too big for You, Jesus. I pray, O God, Lord, that every situation that is represented in this house, O God, in this place, O God, Lord, even from the children all the way into here, into the main auditorium, O God, we pray that Your Holy Spirit, O God, would have its way. And Lord, that You would come down and that You, O God, would fix us. Jesus, we're relying on You. We have no other options. We thank You and we give You praise. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, you know, one of the things, uh, the, the title of the message today is The Woman with Issues and Faith. And I know that a lot of us can relate to this story and uh, one of the things that, that I thought about when I, when I read this story, and well, even before I get there, how many, how many of you guys are one of those people that never wins at any sort of raffle or any sort of special prize? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah. Whenever I go somewhere and they say, hey, there's going to be a prize that's given away and you've got to take a number and take a ticket, you know what I do? I just say, you know what? Give it to somebody else. I'm not going to win anyways, all right? Because whenever I go somewhere, I don't know about you guys, but I just don't win. Now, sports, well, it's pretty much the same thing. But nonetheless, I just don't win. I, I go and, and, I, and I try. I mean, 
I'm sitting there in anticipation. I'm waiting and I'm like, oh man, they're going to call my number. They're going to do it. This is the one. This is the one, right? And it, it never, never. You know, raffle prizes, they just don't go to me. I just, I'm just not the type that, 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 that has that luck, I guess you could say. And you know, I was thinking about this passage because I was thinking about in church a lot of the times, it's funny because maybe a lot of you kind of can relate with that. You can kind of say, you know what, I'm not the type of person that usually wins things. It's pretty rare for that to happen. And, and a lot of us, maybe we come to church and we have this misconception that coming to church is something like winning a prize or coming and expecting to get your number called so that God can do something for you. You see, sometimes we look at, we look at church, we look at God and we say, man, God is doing all these great things for other people. You know, I believe that He heals people. I believe that He has power. I believe that His love is, is, is immeasurable and it's like the oceans for someone else. But when we come, we say, you know, I hope that my number gets called today. I hope that my number gets called today so that maybe today can be different. Maybe today God will actually show favor to me because I've looked in my life and, and man, I, I might be taken care of. I might be able to eat. I might have a roof over my head. But man, I've been looking for something greater and something deeper. And I have real problems and I have real issues. And maybe some of us have been coming to church and we've been saying, man, when is my number going to get called? Maybe you look at other churches and you're like, man, it seems like that church is experiencing all this blessing. When is the blessing going to come to our church? What is it that I have to do in my life in order to receive these blessings? Because it just seems like God's favor is for someone else. And today, I believe that that's probably a lot, maybe how this woman felt. Because the Bible says here, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. You know, there's always a lot of people around Jesus. There's always a lot of people talking about Jesus. In fact, there's usually a lot of people that are, that are very close to Him. And there's a lot of people. And you know what? In this story, something that struck me, there was a lot of people in this crowd and a lot of people were touching Jesus, but not everyone was getting healed. A lot of people were close to Jesus. A lot of people were coming near to something really special. They were coming near to something so historic. Jesus in the flesh on earth. And they were getting so close. And they were even touching Him. They were near to Him. But they weren't getting healed. And this woman, she looked at this, I'm sure, and, and she says, man, I, I'm tired of watching Jesus do some things for other people. I'm happy for them. I praise God for that. I'm not discouraged by that. But I want Jesus to do something for me. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes we can have this, this impression like, oh well, I'm, I'm so, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm in a good place. Let, let God help those, those, those poor people. Let God help those, those people that really need it, you know. Let God help those other people. I'm not going to pray and, and ask that God would help me, you know. I'm, I'm in a ministry. And so, because I'm in a ministry, you know, it's my job to serve other people. And, and, and Jesus can do things for other people, but it's my job to work here. And, and you know, maybe you say, well, I've been, I've been around church for a long time and I've been studying the Word and, and I've been, I've been, 
I've been under the teaching of God for quite a while, and you know, it's time for someone else to get a blessing. It's not, it's not for me. But the reality is, is that's not what Jesus applauds. Jesus never applauds someone avoiding contact with Him. Ever. Jesus says, no, I don't care where you are, you should be the one that's hungry. You should be the one that's starving. You should be the one that is looking for a miracle. No one is exempt. All of us have to come before God and we have to say, Oh God, Lord, You've done things for people in the past and You didn't change Your character. You didn't change what You do. You didn't change who You are. And I believe that what You did for someone else, You can do for me. And you know what? Whatever the Bible says, this should be our standard. We might have grown up and, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a military family. And uh, I, uh, my, my father was a chaplain in the Navy. And, um, and uh, so we traveled around quite a bit. And uh, in these travels, we saw all sorts of different churches. And, and I went to all these different churches, and I had all these sorts of different experiences. And how many of you guys know that so, when you're, when you're uh, wherever you are, you have the same, usually pretty much the same expectations as the people around you? I mean, when, when you come to church, you, you know, okay, we're going to sing some songs and we're going to hear a sermon and we're going we're gonna to pray and, uh, and then we're going to go eat, right? I hope you all are eating afterwards. Are you all eating afterwards? Okay. All right. Just curious. But anyways, you know, there's these expectations that you have on things. And so you come to a service with certain expectations and you might, you might come to your devotional time with, with God on your own with certain expectations, But our expectations should not be set by what we've experienced in the past. Our expectations should be set by what the Bible says takes place. Because the Bible talks about things that I have not seen in my life. I don't know about you. There are lots of miracles that I've seen in my life. I've seen people be healed. I've seen people, you know, totally change their life. Some of you probably have miracle stories yourself. You say, God has done things for me. And I've seen those things happen. But then there's some other things that I have not seen. Now, do I just say, well, those things don't happen? No. I say, God, you have to align my experience and my mind with what the Bible says, not the other way around. You see, because if we start to change our doctrine, if we start to change what the Bible says in order to match what we've experienced in the past, you're going to have a depressed life. Because I don't know about you, but I want to go from glory to glory like the Bible says. I don't want to experience the same thing over and over again. I want to experience something new that God has for me today. Because yesterday's blessing is not going to last me today. And this woman here, this woman with the issue of blood, she says, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Perhaps some of you have been experiencing problems. Maybe just one or two of us. This woman had experienced problems for 12 years. The same problem. And to order, understand the context of, of what was going on here, in fact, let me, let me just read down one more verse that says, she was who who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had yet uh, instead of getting better she grew worse 
Have you noticed that problems usually don't get better? They usually get worse. Especially the ones that get ignored. You know, um, I've found, and, uh, I've found in life, and especially, uh, with, uh, now raising a child, sometimes you try to ignore something that you know is gonna take a lot of work to fix. Is there any parents in the building? Okay. There's two of us. Alright, well, there's, um, a lot of times, there's these problems that you see arise in your kids, right? And you see these things take place, and you're kind of like, you know, maybe they just do that once. That probably won't come up again. But you guys probably know, I've only been a parent for about a year and a half. The problems come back. I don't know what it is, but he teaches himself all sorts of horrible things. It's not me. It's not me. You know? And uh, I make it sound like he's horrible. He's actually like the sweetest kid in the world, but you know what it is, you know. He, he'll learn how to, to like throw his food on the ground. And you'll be like, oh, you know, that's funny at first. Until you got to mop the floor again and again. And then he throws another one off and you're like, okay, Owen, don't do that. You know, and it's something that he learns. And these problems, they seem to just perpetually get worse. You know, praise God that we stopped that problem. But nonetheless, before you knew it, it was going to be a whole plate is on the floor, you know, because... Things don't get better on their own. The law of thermodynamics. Yeah, you guys know that. I don't have to explain it. Subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. Maybe you've been here and you've been struggling for something for a long time. It's been something that has been underneath the skin and you've kind of gotten used to it and you kind of put it in your back pocket and you said, this is one of those things that maybe I'm just going to have to take to my grave. You said, this is one of those things that, that, you know, I know that God has done it for other people, but this is one of those things that God just wants me to suffer through. This is one of those things that, that God is just calling me to carry. This is my cross that I'm supposed to bear. This is the thing that, that I'm supposed to carry around with me. This is something that you've had for a long time. Maybe your problem is embarrassing. I know none of us have embarrassing problems here, and so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I've had one or two embarrassing problems. And you know, this woman, she had an embarrassing problem. It was a messy problem. This was a problem that the doctors couldn't fix. And in fact, in this culture, the law said in Leviticus, it says that anyone who touched her would have to, clo- would have to bathe themselves, wash their clothes, and they were unclean for the rest of the day. I can imagine that family dinner was a very awkward time. Make sure you don't touch her. You know, let's not, let's not inconvenience ourselves because man, she's got this thing. This is, this is, uh, she's unclean. She's unclean. God probably put this on her to teach her something. You know, this is something that she's just got to deal with. We've tried a lot of different things, but you know, the Lord is helping us and He's bringing us through. How many of you guys know? A lot of the times you mask a bunch of negative, horrible things with spiritual answers. You cover it up with, oh, God wants me to have this problem because we don't really have the courage to face it. 
We don't have the courage to pull that thing up on the, on the, on the platform and say, this is what this thing really is. And I want God to really do some business. And you know, this woman, she had an embarrassing problem. Maybe you have an embarrassing problem, and the reason that it's embarrassing is you say, you know what, I'm, I've been at church my entire life, and I'm not supposed to be struggling with this. This is not something that I'm supposed to be struggling with. Maybe your problem is a little bit dirty. You say, you know what, if I was to bring this to the surface, people would definitely exclude me. Maybe you have a problem that you say, man, especially in this culture and in this, in this place, there's these things, you know, that if I were to bring this up and I was to tell someone that I'm actually struggling with this, I think things would get really messy. Maybe some of you are struggling here with homosexuality. And you say, man, if I was to bring that up, man, I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna get kicked out of the church. God doesn't have grace for me. There's no way. I'm just gonna let this thing sit. I'm gonna let it lie. It's gonna be underneath the covers and nobody needs to know about it. It's all good. This is one of those things I just gotta struggle through and bring to my grave. Maybe you got a problem that, that you look at and maybe you're a father here and you've, you've been trying to work with your family, and you've been trying to raise a godly family, but there's just a lot of problems, and you're not sure what to do. You've spent a lot of money taking them on vacations, and, and, and sending kids to counseling, and you've done a lot of different things, but nothing has really seemed to work, because when all is said and done, all the same problems are still there. You know, I talk to a lot of teenagers, and... A lot of the times, parents are, are sending their kids to the counselors and to the psychologists and all these different things, and they're saying, no, they, 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 have, they, have, a, they have a sickness. Just please give them some medicine to fix their problems. And, and really, the whole issue is that there's, a, that there's a sin issue, that there's something in their heart that has not been addressed, and they're not willing to pull that thing out and get it on the table and actually talk real talk, as my kids would say. The reality is, is that all of us have these problems. Maybe you got a physical problem here. You've been sick, literally. You've been sick for a long time. And you've been praying for God to heal you. You've been reading all the passages on healing, and you've been like, Lord, I know that if I come, and a prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. I know that it says that in James and that must be true for people in other countries, but I don't know about here. Wisconsin is different. I don't know what your problem is, but I know that all of us have problems. And if we're honest, all of us have stuff that is going on inside of us that we don't really want to bring to the surface because it's embarrassing and it causes problems and it's going to cause a ruckus and there's going to be some hard discussions and hard conversations that we're going to have to have. There's going to be a very inconveniencing of other people. That we're, going to, we're going to inconvenience other people. You know, I'll never forget, um, I, I talked one time to a, um, to a friend I had in, in Florida, and um, I used to live there when my dad was stationed there, and, and they said uh, he was on a ministry trip, and uh, he, was, he, was doing, he was doing something, and, and he actually, uh, a horrible accident happened, he fell and he broke his neck, and he was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, and 
and he would, he would go around in this wheelchair. And I remember talking to him, and we were talking about, well, what, what is it like? I mean, you've not been paralyzed your entire life, so what is it like now? I mean, how have things changed? What's the difference? And he says, you know what one of the hardest things is? Is he's like, it's hard to ask for help. He says, because when I'm at home, and I'm in my wheelchair, and I don't have the capability to get into the shower and then to get back into my bed. He says, I have to call a friend. And they have to drive from their house. And they have to come to my house and they have to help me. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, that's hard to do. But how many of you know? You have to get clean. You have to get rest. And unless someone helps you, you're never going to get clean. And you're never going to have rest. Jesus is asking us to inconvenience other people. You know something that I love about this woman with the issue of blood? Is that she came to the end of her rope. Oh God, that we would come to the end of our rope sooner. I wish we had shorter ropes. Because you know what? If we were able to come to the end of our rope then we would realize, God, there's no other options except You. I really don't have any other solutions. Doctors can't fix my problems. Counselors can't fix my problems. Pastors can't fix my problems. The only person that can fix my problems is Jesus. And realizing that Jesus is the only one is something that is so profound. And you know what I love about this woman? This woman was not afraid to inconvenience other people in order to get her healing. You see, because she had to push through a busy crowd. Think about that. She had to push through a busy crowd. She's unclean. Every single person that she had to push through to to move out of the way. She had to push through them and she had to touch them and they were all unclean for that day. No getting around it. She couldn't take it back. She couldn't apologize and say, oh, you're not unclean. No, it was the way that it was. She went through that crowd and she made everyone unclean. But she said, you know what? I'm even willing to make Jesus unclean if it means that I can get healed. I'm willing to take whatever I have Put it on Jesus if it means that I get clean. What is it that you have today? What is it that's holding you back? We all know that we have things in our lives that are causing problems. We all know that we have messy situations. We got real issues. These are not fake issues. These are not mediocre issues. These are serious issues. Life-altering issues. And we've downplayed them long enough. We have real issues. And so I want to ask you the question, what is it that's holding you back? You know, to, to return to, my, to the first illustration, maybe you feel like God has to call your number. But you know what I love about this, this woman? She says, I'm going to call my number. I'm going to call my own number. That's what Jesus says. And you know, the story, I, I believe that God is sovereign, and I don't believe that anything ha happens on accident. And I believe that Jesus was walking through this town because He knew that that woman was there. This woman says, I, 
I don't want to just watch Jesus do things for other people. I want Him to heal me. I don't want to just watch Jesus take care of other people. I want Him to take care of me. Don't let Jesus just pass through. Believe that He has a miracle for you. This is a very personal message. And it takes a a gut check to be able to apply it to yourself. Jesus has miracles. He has things that He wants to do in every single life here. There's not one person exempt. And you know what I love about Jesus? He says, come to me all. All you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. The invitation has been made to all of us. Your number has already been called. You just have to walk up to the front and receive your prize. Don't wait for anything else. The Bible has already said that your miracle is here. That God wants to do something for you. That your cleanliness is on its way. That your issue is able to be solved. Don't wait for anything else. There's nothing else that needs to happen. You don't need to receive a letter from heaven. There's not any, there's not a, there's not a PA system that's gonna call your number from the church here. It's like, okay, Smith, it's your turn. No! Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And he says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. There's no need to hold back. There's nothing else that needs to happen. Jesus already paid the price on Calvary. He already redeemed your healing. He's already solved a million problems just like yours. And He's not afraid of your issues. And it doesn't matter what it is or you who you have to inconvenience. Jesus is here today and He is walking through Racine and He says, are you willing to come to Me and inconvenience some people and grab a hold of Me? Don't let Jesus pass through. You secure your own miracle. This is the way that I feel like it works. When you take a step of, when you take a step out, you take a risk. God gives you the faith to believe what you're asking for. And then once you actually get what you're asking for, you realize that it was God in the first place that gave you the guts to take a step out. Because God is the one who initiates everything. God is the one who initiates everything. And in this strange mystery, and I don't understand it, He puts responsibility on us and He says, you got to take a step out. You know what? This woman, she took a lot of risk. She was quaking in her boots. I'm so glad that the Bible is honest. She was like so scared. She's like, I'm not really sure if God loves me that much. That's what she would, the, the Bible says, it says, she, uh, when, when Jesus saw her, it says that she was literally quaking with fear. Her feet were trembling. She was so afraid. Why was she so afraid? She didn't even go up to Jesus and call out His name. She wasn't like, oh Jesus, I'd like for you to do something for me. She's like, oh man, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. 
She pushed through. She's like, I can't believe I'm touching these other people. And she went up behind Jesus and she grabbed the edge of his cloak. You talk about sneaking a miracle. Right? She's like, oh, yes, you know, got him. Right? She was like, she's like, I'm not sure if this is going to work. But she believed. She says, all I have to do is touch it. All you got to do is touch it. Jesus is here. And you know what I believe? I believe that Jesus, He wasn't ignoring her and He wasn't passing her by, but He was actually beckoning her faith by walking on that street. He was saying, I know that there's a woman with an issue of blood. I'm on my way to go do a miracle. Jesus is walking through. You see, because Jesus is doing a miracle for someone right now. He's on his way doing something for somebody. And sometimes you got to reach out and you got to say, hold on, Jesus, I need one too. I need one too. You know, I'm going to be honest with myself and I'm not going to pretend like I don't have any issues. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to say, no, 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 God, I got issues and I need you to touch my life. I want you to reach down to those ugly parts of who I am and I want you to fix me because I've tried everything. I have spent all my money to try to fix my problems. You know what I've found in life? It doesn't matter if Jesus hasn't healed you of your problems. Typically, all your money goes towards your problems. You end up spending a whole lot of time, energy, and money on your issues if you don't let Jesus deal with it. Because every, all of your resources go because you know you got a problem and the only one that's not admitting it is you. And you try to fix it with everything low key. You're trying to fix it undercover. But Jesus says, no. You've got to be willing to get called out in the middle of a crowd. You've got to be willing to get called out in the middle of a crowd. You know, because this woman, she wasn't embarrassed. Well, excuse me, she was embarrassed. She was excruciatingly embarrassed. But she says, I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to make a bunch of people real mad. I'm willing to inconvenience a whole lot of people so that Jesus can do something for me. I'm willing to go through that crowd and make a bunch of people feel like, man, who is she? She's already... We we pray for her every week. She's always asking for the same thing. Man, how come... Why is she here again? That's not the way Jesus looks at it. Jesus says, when you reach out and you touch me with faith and you believe, Jesus, He relieves you of all your suffering. Amen. I wonder what's going on in this room today. Are you willing to take the risk? Are you willing to cause the disruption? Are you willing to make some other people mad? You willing to call somebody up that you haven't wanted to called for a long time because you know that's going to be a messy conversation? You willing to apologize to someone even though you feel like you're the one that was really, really wronged? You willing to pull that stuff up that the enemy would wish that you would just ignore it 
and you would let it sit underneath. He's like, well, why are you going to stir up old problems? That thing is long gone. That thing is old. Don't bother that thing. Let, the, let dead dogs lie. But we all know that those things, they're rotting carcasses in our life and the smell is beginning to choke us out. The reality is, is that all of us have to be honest. And the question is not, what can God do for you? The question is, will you grab a hold of Jesus? Because Jesus has already established that nothing is impossible. That's already been established. The question is, are you going to reach out? Don't let Jesus just pass through. Believe. Don't let Jesus just pass through. You, you are the one that needs Jesus. You are the one that needs Jesus. You are the one that needs a miracle. There's no one else in this room that we're talking about. And you know what? There's one other thing that I want to say about this because, you know, it's interesting. The disciples were right there. Did you notice that? The disciples were right next to Jesus, but the disciples didn't get the miracle. I bet you there was a lot of other people in that, in that, in that whole, that whole group of people there that was sick and that had issues. But you know what? The one that got the issue solved was the one that pushed through the crowd and was willing to say, I don't care what other people say. I don't care what other people think. I'm going to be honest with what I got going on. And today is the day that Jesus is walking through and he wants to solve your stuff. Don't let Jesus pass through. Don't let Jesus pass through. Bring that thing to the surface. I guarantee you, I promise you, according to God's word, according to your faith, shall it be done. If you bring your problems to Jesus, He will solve them. I promise. I promise. Jesus will solve your problems. Proximity does not equal power for your situation. You might be real close, but you've got to touch him. And not just any touch. You've got to touch him and you've got to believe. But here's the great thing. I, I, I stopped a long time ago saying, God, give me the faith to believe for something more, and then, and then I'll step out and do it. If you do that, you'll never step out. The way that it works is you step out, God infuses your heart with faith, and then you find out once you got to Jesus that He's the one that helped you to step out in the first place. But you got to step out. Let's all stand together. Now listen, this is the way that we're going to do this. We're here for Jesus. We're not here for anything else. And in a few moments here, I'm going to invite people that want to come to the front for prayer to come to the front. And if you say, you know what, today is the day that Jesus is going to solve my problems. Jesus is here for you. Jesus is here for you today. You know why I can say that with confidence? Because He says that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And the reason that the gospel is good news is because it's for today. It's not for in the future. The good news is that Jesus died and is resurrected and that there is no problem that is too big for Him. 
And then it doesn't matter what kind of messy problem you have on your hands. Jesus has the ability to clean it and to wipe it and to make it new. Behold, I make all things new. Maybe you feel real dirty here today. Behold, I make all things 